following program is an advertisement paid for by Colorado Dreamhouse Team and Guild Mortgage. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. The Denver metro area has a lot going on, and we're here to break it all down. Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman, the Colorado Dreamhouse Team. All your questions answered with none of the hot air. Welcome to Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on News Talk 710 KNUS. Good Sunday morning. My name is Gary Lorman, and normally I'd be here. Well, there's nothing normal about the show, but normally I'd be here with my co-host and business partner, Dan Palomino. But Dan and his family are enjoying a little R&R in sunny Hawaii. So um, I'm sure they're having a great time. Hopefully they haven't gotten sunburnt by now. But um, so, so Dan won't be here, but I do have the pleasure of having a great co-host with me today, Ron Huffman of Huffman Inspections. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we've had Ron on the show before. Ron is a, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a treasure chest of information. Um, I've known Ron for, gosh, over 27 years and have used him on hundreds and hundreds of inspections, of my buyer's inspections. And he does just a great job. And so, so it's, it's really a, it's, it's a great pleasure to have him on the show. So if you have any questions regarding any inspections at all, you know, it's upcoming inspections, things that you, you, you're not sure about, give us a call on our listening listener line at 303-696-1971. Again, 303-696-1971. And Ron will attempt to answer those questions, and I'm sure he'll be able to. I mean, like I say, he's if he hasn't run into it, it doesn't exist. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, every once in a while, I get a nice uh, surprise, and you know, you you think you may think you've seen everything, but no, you haven't, because sellers can be very creative in how they accomplish things on their properties. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, it's funny. I mean, 40 years in real estate, you'd think the same thing. You'd think I'd run into everything in yeah. real estate, but. You know, I mean, every once in a while, something catches you off guard, and you want, yeah. wow, I've never seen that before. You know, yeah. the, the beauty is you have the experience that you look at that and say, oh, this may have been what they're trying to accomplish, or, yeah, okay, I've seen something similar. This is maybe what we're trying to work through here. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's that knowledge and experience that makes all the difference. Oh yeah, no, it definitely does. Well, if you're new to the show, we are the Colorado Dreamhouse team. We are. We, are, we just talk about local real estate, the Denver metro area, Colorado. We don't talk about national real estate. We just want to be able to talk about what's happening in your backyard. So, so again, if this is something you'd like to talk about, anything going on with you personal, personally in your real estate situation, give us a call again at 303-696-1971. The Colorado real estate team is a, a real estate team of eight we sell about 100 homes a year, and if you're considering buying, selling, or investing in real estate, you know, let, we have over 65 years of combined experience, and we can take you from the beginning to a successful end of your real estate transaction, you know, and just to help you avoid the pitfalls. And you know, there's always pitfalls accompanying real estate deals. Mm-hmm. And so again, the experience, as Ron was saying, is really what helps to make it a smooth transaction. So if you'd like to contact us on the Colorado Real Estate Team, you can reach us at 720-446-6325. Again, 
6325 and we'd be happy to talk to you about any of your real estate needs. So every week we do a, a poll question, and we post that on Facebook and our website. And you can go on to Facebook and log on to Colorado Dreamhouse, like the page, and you can vote on the poll question. So this week's poll question is, when are you most likely to start shopping for a new home? A, first quarter, which is January, February, March. B, the second quarter, April, May, June. C, third quarter, July, August, September. Or D, fourth quarter, October, November, December. And right now we're tied between the first and second quarter. Of That's when people most likely will be shopping for a home. And that that kind of falls in line with how we see our market. Yeah. You know, traditionally we have two selling seasons in the Denver area. The first one usually runs from about March 15th till about maybe mid-July. This year it ended a little bit early. It ended at about mid-June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a second selling season that usually comes and starts out at about mid-September and goes through Thanksgiving. Now this year, and we, we, we think it's because of the election, the second selling season didn't really materialize, you know. But now I don't know if you're seeing this, Ron, but we're seeing more buyers in the market right now than we usually see this time of the year. I mean, because if we have buyers, you're busy. Yes. Yeah, we've we've noticed that. The same thing. Uh, typically, home inspections start picking up about the time you're talking about there. Uh, we start building slowly in January, but it's not until mid-March end of April where we really get rolling. Then we roll pretty solid into June, July, something like that. Uh, sometimes into August, although a lot of people are done buying, you know, the house, trying to get the kids in school, although the traditional school season or school year is changing. So. Right. Uh, and then normally, on what's really funny on the elections, uh, I've been tracking, I've been in this, like, say, 20, 27, 28 years now, and every presidential election we seem to go along, and then right before the election, a week, two weeks, a month, something like that, everybody goes, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Is the world going to end? <laughs> the sky's well, going to fall. Yeah, and, yeah and, chicken and, little. And it just stops. Yep. And then usually it picks up again shortly after that. So Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, we're definitely seeing it this year. And, and, you know, this year was kind of a – it was a different election, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. I mean, T- totally different. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody was enamored by our candidates, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're happy with the results, but yeah. I don't think anybody was enamored by by either one of them. But yeah. um, it, obviously, the market has taken off with the Trump election. Yes, you know. So, yeah. and interest rates, unfortunately, have gone up a little bit as well. Yeah, you know, and that also may be what's pushing the the buyers into the market right now. They're afraid mm-hmm. that those interest rates are going to rise. You know, they've already yeah. gone up about three quarters of a point since the election. Yep. And, you know, interest rates will actually affect your buying power more than pricing on a home will. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so that has a much, much larger effect on the, uh, on the buying public. So, again, if you want to vote on the poll question, when are you most likely to start shopping for a home? You know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Go to our Facebook page, Colorado Dreamhouse, like the page, and vote on the poll question. We also do a trivia, qu- trivia question every week. And this week's trivia question is, 
The White House has been valued at, and I don't want to hear your guess, Ron, because you'll give away something possibly, but uh, the White House has been valued at, and this is before Trump moves in because it'll probably go up after Trump moves in, um, A, $223 million, B, $178 million, C, $146 million, or D, $110 million. So again, the White House has been valued at A two hundred and twenty three million, B one hundred and seventy eight million, C one hundred and forty six million, or D one hundred and ten million. If you think you know the answer, give us a call at three oh three six nine six one nine seven one and the first correct answer will win a twenty five dollar Amazon gift card. Compliments of the Colorado Dreamhouse team. And again, call us at 303-696-1971. So the show outline will go. So that's our first two segments. The third segment is traditionally with Andy the Mortgage Man with Guild Mortgage. Well, Andy is also having a little R&R. So I think he's in Aruba or somewhere. Cool. Uh, so, I don't know what, all these people have an R&R and, uh, you know, we're working. Yep. Um, so, as a senior member of the team, I'm wondering how why that is. But uh, anyway, but but Andy's enjoying a little R and R, and so his business partner Steve Molman will be with us on the show in the third segment to be talking about um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loan limits, and also super conforming loan limits for 2017. So Steve is is always a good source of information when it comes to lending. So, again, if you want to give Steve a call while he's on the show, give us a call at 303-696-1971. And our fourth and final segment of the show usually consists of Stump the Pros, where you, the listening audience, writes in during the week, and we choose a question and read the answer over the air. Not sure if we'll have time for that this week, but if we do, we do have a question ready for that. And then we also do a fact or fiction which we get some arbitrary fact or fiction questions and we put them out there and I ask Ron the questions and see if he can answer. So, and, okay. um, so, and if you can't, don't worry about it because they're, they're, okay, they're pretty arbitrary. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot to go over on the show this week. And, um, but as I said, this week's main topic is going to be inspections. So we're going to get to it. And, um, again, Ron Huffman, it is of Huffman Inspections, Colorado, and we're, again, glad to have you here in the studio. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and uh, so you've been doing this for about 27, 28 years, right? That is correct. Yeah, so I guess, like I said, I guess it's been probably 28 years I've been using yeah. it, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I appreciate the, the working relationship we've had. It's been great. Um, so, again, if you want to give a call to Ron, 303-696-1971. And, and let me begin by saying that we on the Colorado Dreamhouse team always recommend our buyers to use a professional inspection company to complete the inspection on their home and they're considering purchasing a home. We do not recommend you using Uncle Charlie <laughs> to save money, even though Uncle Charlie's a great guy and really knows his stuff when it comes into home improvement. But, you know, you really need to use a professional and you, you've got a window of time after, you, after you, you complete your contract. You've got a window of time to do your inspection and to do your due, due, due diligence 
And the major part of that due diligence is the inspection. And 99% of the time, there are going to be issues with a home. I mean, even a brand new home, there are going to be issues with it. Definitely. You know, and so again, I would always recommend you using a professional to do an inspection. And we always recommend our buyers do a, an inspection on a home whenever they go under contract. And that contract is contingent upon that inspection. All right. So let's get down to inspections. So when you talk about inspections, I imagine obviously the most common one is a general whole house inspection, correct? That is correct. That's, uh, that's the one that gives you the overview of the property, uh, looking the house over from top to bottom, roofs, attics, insulation, exterior, the siding, uh, grading, drainage, which can be critical as far as a home performing or not, uh, into the electrical system, the heating system, the kitchen, the bathrooms, uh, the foundation, which uh, obviously is a, if you don't have a good foundation, you've got significant problems. Mm-hmm. So uh, quite often they're, they're solvable, but they do cost money to get solved. And uh, they need to be taken care of in a proper manner. And once the repair is done, they should be reinspected by whoever designed the repair. Mm-hmm. I've run into that recently where they have a inspector or a homeowner knows they have a problem, they get an engineer come in and take a look at the property, property comes up with uh, specifications for the repairs. The uh, repair contractor goes and does their work, and they decide, well, he's a little bit, the engineer, you know, they're so picky. They, they put a little bit more in here than you really need, so they don't quite do everything. Mm-hmm. And poof, you can have problems if you don't get the engineer back to check it. Okay, all right. And I, I want to get more into, into um, talking about structural which is what you're addressing here. Yes. And, you know, as soon as we get done from the break. But, um, again, if you have any questions, give us a call at 303-696-1971. And don't forget our question about what is the White House worth? We now return to Colorado Dreamhouse Radio with Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman on News Talk 710 KNUS. And welcome back to the show. Again, I'm Gary Lorman, and with me we have a guest co-host, Ron Huffman of Huffman Inspections Colorado. And we were just talking about um, basically structural situations with homes. And we've got, I don't know if a lot of people are aware, but we've got what's called bentonite in our soils here in Colorado, Ron. And, and what bentonite is, is a, it's an expansive clay soil. So if you picture like a sponge, if it gets wet, it expands. As it dries, it contracts. Correct? That is correct. And yeah. so what what do we do to build, to, to compensate for that? Well, I could go back years ago when I was doing design work as an engineer, and we, we started off, we had, had the uh, basement slabs, and we just put framing in there, and then we found the slabs heaved, actually came up. And uh, when they came up, they transmitted forces into the structure and started damaging the structure. So then we came up, we called the floating partitions, where the, the slab's there, and then you have a little gap between the wall is being hung from above, and it allows that slab to move without causing damage. And it, there were times in the structural, or the, excuse me, the soils reports that basically stated differential movement of the basement slab of four inches should not be deemed a failure of the slab. Well, if I'm owning a home, and I walk across my basement, and I trip over a, a, differential, a differential movement, means one portion's at one elevation, and the portion next to it popped up four inches. It's like a small step. Yeah, it's a step. <laughs> and that, that's a trip hazard if it's yeah. just an inch or two. To me, as a homeowner, that's a failure. Yeah. And uh, that was basically where we ended up, uh, uh, the public ended up getting that corrected. 
as far as the perception of ways to find, and then we came up with our structural floors in the basement. And generally those work fairly well. We went through a lot of iterations trying to get that done. And uh, the first ones were quite a challenge. I uh, was wearing glasses at the time. I'd open up a crawl space, and my glasses would fog up. Mm-hmm. And i say, I think we have a problem here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's too much humidity and then a lot of mold and fungus growing and stuff. And we've gotten to the point now where they're, they're uh, ventilated, there's barriers down, uh, there's structural concrete floors, a uh, number of different things are solving the problem. Now, they started out, when they were doing structural floors and basements, they started out using wood. So correct. they would hang wood with an airspace below it. That correct? is correct. And have they gotten away from that pretty much? They're still using wood in some, you know, a number of uh, builders are doing that. But now, when they first started, the building officials wanted no vapor barrier down there so the soils could breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, we quickly learned that they breathe too much. They let moisture into the, uh, the crawl space. Now they require a, basically almost a bladder uh, down there, very heavy uh, vapor barrier that's sealed to the foundation walls, sealed around the, the footings in the center of the caissons and so forth. And that would stop the moisture from coming in. And then they'd also have various ventilation systems in there uh, to make sure you're getting air moving through that so you don't get humidity levels build up. Now, with a system like that, would that also... Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with radon, uh, radon is a colorless, odorless gas that's basically... It's it's in a lot of our soils in Colorado, and it, it basically is... is um, it's from like granite and that type of situation, you know, and it, it, if you plop a house down on top of a piece of ground, it, it's coming up in the air all the time. But if you plop a house down on a piece of ground, it's got no place to go except in the house. That is correct. Yeah. So when you put something like that down, you know, where you're doing the vapor barrier and you've got the, the subfloor ventilation systems, will that actually help mitigate for radon as well? Yes, it does. Uh some, you know, it may still be elevated, then you get do a submembrane suction, you know, to get the, the radon out of there. That also helps get rid of the moisture, uh, which uh, both of those can be uh, problems. Uh, radon didn't used to be much of a problem because our houses were so... Uh, oh, breathable. Headed, breathable, yeah. <laughs> Swiss cheese comes yeah. to mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get air changes every 10, 15 minutes or right. something like that. Now we got them tightened down, we get an air change every four hours, and that's created its own situation where you have to introduce uh, fresh air and so forth. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that it does help with the radon issues also. Okay, yeah, I was curious about that. And, and you know, people, a buyer will, will see a radon level come in high. You know, and we say high. I mean, the highest I've seen was probably in the 20s mm-hmm. here. I don't know. You've probably seen higher than that. We've, uh, my company personally, we've measured 161. Wow. And the record holder in Colorado I'm aware of is somewhere around 800. Wow, uh, wow. But the vast majority uh like, you know, 90, in the 90s, 95% or something like that. If they're elevated, they're between 4 and 10. Yeah. Sometimes you get into the teens. Uh, but uh, a lot of homes do have elevated radon. Yeah, but and, it, the, and the EPA says that anything over 4 picocuries, they mm-hmm. call it, is at risk. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, you get these readings that come in 4.5, and they drive us crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the uh, thing that really drives you crazy is you, get, you, do, you have to do duplicate me- measurements. Uh, so you have uh, uh, two readings done, and one comes at 3.9, and one comes at 4.2, so oh, the average geez. is 4.1. Oh, no. <laughs> and so that, but it, the EPA guideline is less than 4. Right, so, right. So uh, it's, it's solvable. It's not a reason to walk away from a house. If you have a house that's you know 4.1 or, or something like that, and you go to the, you know, oh, I'm not going to buy it because of that. The next house you go could, could be 10. Right, 
So right. just work through the problem. It's and, solvable. And that, yeah, and, and that's what I was about to say. I mean, don't don't panic over radon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very easy fix. It's not overly expensive. No. And you know, and and it you know, once you put the system in, it's there. Yep. You know, yeah. so it, and it's not a complicated system. So you know, mm-hmm. we've got people that do that, and they they do a great job with it. So, so that's, that's the radon part of it. So, you know, so we, what about mold? I mean, you know, you talk about the possibility of mold building up in a subfloor situation, like with mm-hmm. a wood floor, yep. you know, um, we think about Denver being such a dry climate and, oh, we can't have mold. But I remember when mold started to become an issue and, mm-hmm. you know, it, and these things kind of come down the pike as we go, you know, having been in the business as long as we mm-hmm. have, we start to see these things materialize and the first reaction is, Oh, not us, yep. you know? And then yep. we realize, Oh yeah, us. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, so when mold started coming onto the scene again, we reacted, well, we're Colorado, mm-hmm. we're in a dry climate. Mm-hmm. We can't have mold. Yep. And the first thing our attorney said is as soon as you walk into that house, say this house has mold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, interesting thing is mold's been around longer than we have. Yeah. And so, so it's it's everywhere. Uh, our climate, like you've indicated, is is such that we typically have not had an issue with it, until during our our careers we started tightening the houses up. We started reduced restricting the airflows. We started getting more confined things. We get elevated moisture readings and walls and stuff like that, and we will end up having some mold issues. Uh, and they they're solvable, but you need to get on top of them right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If, if you let them go, all of a sudden the solution may become extremely expensive. Now, there's different kinds of, of mold, obviously. Oh, yes. And, there, I mean, some molds are more dangerous than others, correct? Yep, yeah. And, I mean, you always hear about black mold being mm-hmm. being the, the, the big the big nasty. Yep. And yeah. do we do you run into black mold at all? Yeah, yeah. It, it like I say, it, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we tend to see it. Uh, your comment a little bit ago about being too dry, uh, I've done a lot of work in the uh, EIFS, uh, building envelopes, stucco, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. over the years. And uh, uh, a friend of mine in the industry, when it first came up, had an article written, not here, we're too dry. <laughs> not in Colorado. And uh, he quickly uh, realized that maybe that wasn't the right thing to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we get it, but it, it normally there's a cause for it in Colorado. Okay, so like a, a leaky pipe or a, something yeah. something to that or, or a building envelope issue. Something right. letting water into that place that's not being addressed. Right, right. So slope on the outside of the home, drainage and all that. All right, we'll be back. And again, if you have any uh, questions of Ron, give us a call at 303-696-1971. When looking for a mortgage loan, there's one person you can trust to get the best loan possible. Andy Jorgensen of Guild Mortgage will make sure you understand all of your options during this life-changing event. And if you're looking to refinance, Andy will walk you through the process step-by-step. You got questions? Andy's got the answers. Owning a home is a dream. Andy Jorgensen of Guild Mortgage will help you make that dream come true. Call Andy at 720-638-4501 or visit him online at guildmortgage.net forward slash Andy Jorgensen. 
I'm Dan Palomino. Join Gary Lorman and me here on News Talk 710 KNUS every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 for Colorado Dreamhouse Radio. We know real estate, especially Denver real estate. We're the Colorado Dreamhouse team. We're local, and we'll be talking about one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. So join us Sunday mornings, 8 to 9, News Talk 710 KNUS, Colorado Dreamhouse Radio, real estate that matters to you. Now, back to Dan Palomino and Gary Lorman, Colorado Dreamhouse Radio on News Talk 710 KNUS. And welcome back to the show. I'm Gary Lorman with my guest co-host, Ron Huffman. And I just want to throw out the trivia question because we haven't had any guesses yet. So, again, the trivia question, and this is for a $25 Amazon gift card, is the White House has been valued at A, $223 million, B, $178 million, C, $146 million, or D, $110 million. If you think you know the answer, give us a call at 303-696-1971. Again, 303-696-1971. And again, this is before Trump moves into the White House and changes everything to gold. So um, let's, uh, you know, what is it valued at? A, B, C, or D. All right. So we've got, uh, again, Steve Mullman with Guild Mortgage is on the line, and he's going to be talking to you about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loan limits. Good morning, Steve. How you doing today, Gary? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So today I just wanted to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about some of the changes that are coming our way for conventional loan limits here in Denver. Um, every year, the Federal Housing Finance Agency reviews home values and determines if there's a need to raise the conventional loan limits for each state and their respective counties. The national conforming loan limit for mortgages that finance single-family one-unit properties has steadily increased from 33000 uh, in 1970 to around 417000 as of 2006. As of 2006 to current, there hasn't been an increase. So the increase that was just announced is big news. This will be the first increase taking the maximum loan limit from 417,000, excuse me, 417,000 and increasing all the way up to $424,100. So basically that gives our buyers here in Denver uh, access to a little bit extra buying power by taking advantage of the single family uh, conforming new loan limit coming our way. If, Steve, for those of you that don't understand what conforming is, conforming mm-hmm. is anything under 424100 starting in 2017, I imagine. Is that correct? Yes. Um, starting here soon, just at the beginning of the year, we'll be able to start closing uh, or approving and closing loans with that new loan limit. So the, what conforming means is conventional. Um, those are the loans that are serviced and secured by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the two large government securitizing entities. And that's and so anything under four twenty four one hundred. It's a good thing they put that one hundred in there. Yeah, but, no and, kidding, right? <laughs> uh, that makes a big difference. Oh yeah, and, and so anything under that amount would be what they call a conforming loan, which means it's not going to be priced at a jumbo price. Correct. Yes. Um, so basically, what they're doing is um, they're they're making decisions based on the uh, cost of living and, uh, as you know, the uh, continual increase in housing. So what, it, what they're trying to do is provide greater buyer, buying power using the new loan limits uh, to help keep housing affordable uh, here, you know, not only in our market, but across the country. 
Okay. Now, does that so so that that's a, that's standard throughout the country? Then that figure. It's not that just for Colorado. Number, yes. It's not just for so it's, it's standard throughout the country. Yes, correct. Um, now that is just for the single family homes, though. Now in 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 across the country as well, they have limits for two units, three units, and four unit properties as well. Those have all experienced small increases as well. For example, um, the new loan limit for a two unit uh, property, a duplex is going to go up from 533,850 currently to 400 or 543,000. Okay. So they're making adjustments all the way um, on not only on single family but all the way up to four unit properties as well, which is the conventional uh, maximum uh, property size that they'll finance. Now areas like Alaska or Hawaii, do they have different limits? They do. Um, you know, different markets have different costs of living, different prices in in, in homes. So the GSEs, uh, along with the Federal Housing Finance Authority, evaluate those markets and make decisions as far as what those maximum loan limits are. Um, what, you're, what you're referring to in a lot of cases is the uh, super-conforming or high-balance loan limits that are coming our way. Those are the maximum loan limits designed for areas that have a higher cost of living and higher real estate prices. So that is, and I actually wasn't familiar with that. Um, you mentioned that I did a little research on them uh, before the show. So, so do we do we use that quite often here? You know, we do. Um, it just so happens that uh, you know we're lucky enough to live in Colorado uh, for all of the benefits. But one of the downsides here is it is a slightly higher cost of living, and in, in some of our counties and areas here, we have a higher cost of real estate. So for 2017, they've announced that what's called the super-conforming loan limits or high-balance loan limits for the seven metro counties here in the front range will be able to increase from this year's limit of 458850 taking it all the way up to 493350 Basically what this does is it's going to allow uh, more buyers to purchase above that 424-1 loan limit and not have to take advantage, or not, I shouldn't say take advantage, but use jumbo financing. Um, as we all know, jumbo financing is, is much more difficult, uh, and a lot of times the terms that are available on jumbo financing are not quite as uh, tolerant or acceptable uh, for our buyers as a conventional loan would be. So what this does is it's making, you know, here in, for example, Adams, Arapahoe, uh, Douglas counties, uh, it's, a, it's opening up that price range in that, fi- that low 500 to high 400 range priced homes now to conventional financing for us. So that super high balance or super conforming loan limit, that's not for just everywhere. It's only in certain counties that are considered higher-valued counties or higher-valued areas? Correct. So what, what the government agencies do, um, Fannie and Freddie, uh, in, in concert with the Federal Housing Finance Authority, is every year, just like they review the market for conforming loan limit increases, they also review the markets for higher cost of living and higher-priced real estate markets and make a determination to see if they need to increase the super conforming or high balance loan limits for those markets. So Denver is one of those areas, the Denver area, that has experienced those increases. So for example, you know, Adams, Arapahoe, Broomfield, Denver, Douglas, and Jefferson County are all going from 458850 all the way up to 493350 because we happen to be considered to be living in a higher cost area. 
Um, Boulder, if you happen to live in Boulder, they are actually going to have a new loan limit uh, on the high side of 529000 Wow, okay. So you can see the higher-priced uh, markets, uh, they're making adjustments uh, to allow for those higher limits. Yeah, because my first question when I first started reading about this was, you know, why not wrap it all into one? And then I kind of realized doing a little bit more research that it was actually broken down by area. You yeah, know, it so. is. Um, and, and, you know, it, it cost of living varies across the country. So, sure. you know, they're going to make adjustments based on those standards and cost of livings and expectations for future increases uh, as we go forward. Um, you know, the market hasn't been that great in the economy uh, since 2006, and this is one of the first times that they've actually had uh, an opportunity and, and, and felt it necessary to make increases, not only in the conforming loan limits, but as well the, the, the high balance or super conforming limits. Now, one question I had about that, uh, that super conforming loan, when I was reading it, it said, it said temporary loan category created by the economic stimulus of 2008. What did it yeah. mean by temporary loan category? Well, temporary means just that. At any point, they could decide to do away with these these numbers based on you know what whatever kind of research they determine uh, you know down the road. I personally don't feel that these these higher uh, loan limits are going away anytime soon. Um, you know, I, I don't see the market you know really retracting in value uh, anytime soon. So the need for these higher loan limits here, especially in our market. Uh, are greater. So I feel strong that these will be in place, but temporary means just that. You know, at any point they could decide to pull these away uh, and no longer allow Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to to purchase loans using these higher limits. Okay. So what has the market done this week? The market's been pretty flat this week, uh, surprisingly. Um, you know, we're I think we're, we're kind of holding pad ahead of next week's big news with the uh, Fed uh, notes. We'll have to see what happens there, but for now, the market's been pretty flat. Uh, rates have been bouncing around uh, somewhere between four and an eighth and four and a quarter on a thirty-year fix. Mm-hmm. So you 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 um, you expect the Feds are going to raise the ten-year a little bit this next week on their meetings, correct? That's my expectation. Um, I, I think they've honestly been holding off, you know, through the election season, not really wanting to to influence anything, if you will. Um, and with the changes we've experienced since the election. I'm I'm a big believer that we're going to see a small increase. Now, I'm also a believer that that small increase, the quarter point that's expected, is not going to do a whole lot to, to our rate market. Um, after the election, the money that poured out of the bond market into the stock market has brought rates up enough to the point where I think the expectation and pricing in, if you will, of this increase is somewhat already accomplished. So I don't think next week's going to really see a large increase at all. And a quarter point's never going to cause a large increase. It may change, you know, from four and an eighth to four and a quarter to four and a quarter and to four and three eighths on average for a 30-year fix. But that would be about it in my expectation. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. They'd already built that in there. But, yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, give, give the listening audience your contact information in case they want to call you regarding, regarding any new loan this week. I can be reached uh, during the week on my office at 720-638-4504, and I can be reached on my cell phone at 720-935-6452. Again, Steve Mullman with Guild Mortgage. And, Steve, as always, we really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, thank you for the, your time, and I appreciate the opportunity to fill in. All right. Thank you very much. When does Andy get back, by the way? He is on a plane as we speak, flying back home now. So he is back to work tomorrow. The poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Have to come back to work after two weeks off. It must be rough, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Well, all right. Well, listen, Steve, we appreciate the call. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for your time again. Have Thank a good you. weekend. You too. You too. Thanks, all right. Well, that was Steve Molman with Guild Mortgage. Again, if you need any help with any mortgage information, Steve's great. Steve and Andy, they work. They do a great job with Guild Mortgage. So we still haven't had a guess on our trivia question today for the $25 Amazon gift card. So what is the house, the White House, been valued at? A, $223 million. B, $178 million. C, $146 million or D, $110 million. And again, if you have a, a guess, any wild guess, I mean, it's a one of four chance to win. Yeah. Uh, give us a call at 303-696-1971. All right, so again, I'm here with Ron Huffman of Huffman Inspection Colorado. And we're talking about home inspections. And, you know, there's so many aspects to home inspections, Ron. I mean, I, I know when we get an inspection booklet from you after inspection, it's, it's like 75 pages long, you know. It, you know. It's Yeah, but there's a summary at the, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah helps there's you, a summary. Helps you, but, but there's color photos. Uh, mm-hmm. There's I mean, there's everything. Yep. So, yeah. And it, it's very helpful. It's, it's, it's great to, to be able to present to a seller and say, okay, these are the issues that we're mm-hmm. dealing with. Yep. You know, how do we want to, you know, how do we want to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, rectifying these issues? So, you know, so, so when you're dealing with, with issues like the roof, like the heating and air conditioning, like I know stucco is your, is really your hot button, but appliances and, and, you know, all the furniture, everything like that. So mm-hmm. do you come in then and say, okay, you need to, you recommend them bringing in say uh, an HVAC contractor or bring in a roofing expert or bring in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do in that situation? Well, it depends on what we find on the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, each house is different. Uh, the uh, going through the systems, we're looking, and sometimes we'll find things that are are minor. Uh, they need to be taken care of. A uh, cover plate's missing on an electrical uh, outlet or something like that it needs to be replaced. But it's not a, a particular big deal. It costs thirty nine cents or fifty cents nowadays or something. Like and if you want to get fancy one or not at Home Depot or Lowe's or mm-hmm. Ace Hardware, and you know, it's the kind of thing where we try to prioritize those things. Uh, the uh, the vast majority of the situations, if if uh, uh, the buyer's wanting the house and they've had an agent that's a good agent, such as uh, the Colorado Dream Team, uh, w- working with them, normally we don't go out and look at houses that are, are really in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are issues that we find. And when we find an issue, we write up what we see, what our concern is, and then why it needs uh, further evaluation by an expert or correction by an expert. Uh, occasionally, we get people wanting to buy a fixer-upper, uh, and those can be quite time-consuming to do the inspection and write them up. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, the, the other challenge, uh, there's some very good fix-and-flippers out there, and then there's some people that really should not be doing that. Mm-hmm. And we've had cases where uh, the, some of the fix and flip things uh, actually create life safety issues. They, they put uh, furnaces uh, uh, that aren't vented properly. They, uh, they have uh, water heaters that are, are missing temperature pressure relief valves and, and it could potentially blow up or explode. Uh, so it's kind of thing where as you come in, it's kind of interesting to see what you have going. So uh, they're putting Band-Aids on yeah. problems is yeah. all they're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny you 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 mentioned about um, you know we we try not to sell 
dogs, let's mm-hmm. say for houses. Yeah. And, you know, and I've told, I know you worked with one of our agents this week and, you know, and I, and, and we don't, we don't always go on inspections because it, it's, um, it's best for the, to the, for the buyer to mm-hmm. hear everything directly. Yes. You know, not, well, did he say this or did he say that? Not coming to us saying that, you yeah. know, I want the buyer to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I know Greg was at the inspection and I, and I said, it's really good because you're going to learn a lot, yep. you know, as you walk around with Ron and, and I have over the years, I've learned a tremendous amount. Yep. And I, it's funny because I, I've, I've told people, I've said, I've probably talked more people out of homes than people into homes. Yep. You know, I don't know that I've ever, you know, as a buy, working with a buyer, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever sold a house. You know, I mean, I present homes and mm-hmm. houses will sell themselves. Yep. But if I see major issues, which I've learned from working with you over the mm-hmm. years, you know, I'm going to point those out to a buyer, yep. um, you know, because that's my responsibility. It, it makes everybody's life easier if they understand what the issues are coming in. If they, if there's an issue that, that uh, could be a very significant issue and they're aware of it, we come and say, yes, that is a significant issue. At least they understand that they're going to have something to work through. Mm-hmm. And we give you a little bit more definition of what's going on. Uh, we work with other agents that don't have the experience that, that your team has, and they can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, person's just wanting, you know, they can barely make the, you know, qualify for the house, and we get in there, and you're looking at it and going, oh, my gosh, you got a lot of stuff you got to do here, and, and, you know, the agent hasn't prepped them for it. All of a sudden, we come off as a real bad guy when really we're trying to help them understand what they have going. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, and sellers always take offense to inspection reports. We know yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. a seller takes it personally. It's, it's a personal attack on me and my home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always try to prep our sellers and say, listen, you know, that's not the intention of the inspector. You know, the inspector is, is just trying to paint a clear picture for the buyer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, buyer, the buyer can't expect to, to have a brand new house on a house that's not new. Yep. You know, so the buyer can't usually, we, and we tell our buyers this too, and they can't expect the seller to correct every single issue because right. it isn't a brand new house. It, that's, you know. that's not what we're helping to understand what the right. issues might be. The seller's used to working with those issues. We don't want surprises. That's yeah. the main thing. Walk in with your eyes open. All right. Yep. So, again, if you want to give us a call, we have a couple of answers on our question, which we'll come to right after the break. Give us a call at 303-696-1971. back to the final segment of the show again i'm gary lorman here with ron huffman as my guest co-host and we've got some people on the line guessing for our trivia question so let's go to deborah from golden good morning deborah morning how are you today good do you have a guess on the white house question i think it's c no i'm sorry But that's that's a good guess, though, Deborah, and we really appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks. All righty. You have a great day. All right. And then we have Brian from Larksburg. Good morning, Brian. Hey, Gary. How are you today? I'm great. Good. So what's your what's your guess? Hey. Oh, that's going to be after Trump. That's going to be after Trump moves in. Okay. And done all does all his re is remodeling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well thanks for thanks for the call, Brian. Again, I appreciate your listening. Thanks. All right. And Diane from Boulder. 
Yes, hi. Good morning, Diane. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. So we've got two of the, we've narrowed it down. Were either one of those your guesses? Nope. All right. So what's your guess? B. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Diane. Well, can I call again? I can I change my guess? <laughs> you better get somebody in your household to call. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. You take care now. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. So we've had three guesses on the uh, valuation of the White House, and um, unfortunately, three wrong guesses, which um, leaves just one left. So if you're paying attention, it should be pretty easy. All right. So we're back to with Ron, and uh, we're in our final segment. So we're probably not going to get a whole lot more into the uh, inspections, but uh, you know we know that Ron is is really an expert in the stucco field. I mean that's that's kind of become your baby. Yep. That's... And uh, you know there's different kinds of stucco. There's artificial stucco. There's there's what they call EFIS, and there's what they call hard coat. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. want to just touch on that real quick? Uh, yeah. There's uh, a big challenge for uh, home inspectors is to identify what kind of stucco it is on the house. Uh, and they they misidentified fairly often uh, in the process of trying to help home inspectors and the general public. Uh, we created, uh, Dennis Rose and I, another gentleman from EDI, uh, created a uh, what we call the stucco identification decision tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, we teach classes on that on a regular basis, uh, and uh, it's it helps them out quite a bit. The uh, the key is that if you misidentify it, then all of a sudden people question your credibility. And the bottom line is the problems can be the same what no matter what kind of stucco it is. You still need to kick out flashings. You still need the proper flashings at deck. You still need sealants at windows and so forth. So even with hard coat, you can get delamination and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing? And moisture and, and moisture deterioration. And, mold and and so on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we do have another question. We do have another guess. And I don't know, June, this, is, uh, this may be too easy for you. Well, I'll try, see if I can get it. All right, so it's June from Wheat Ridge. Good morning. Hi. I'll say B. $110 million. You win. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was process of elimination. I'm glad you're listening and paying attention. Well, thank you. I'm enjoying your show. <laughs> well, thanks. We're glad that you listen. We appreciate it, June. So stay on the line, and um, Ty will get your information, and we will be sending you out a $25 Amazon gift card, compliments of the Colorado Dreamhouse team. Sounds great. Thank you very much. All right. Much. Thank you. All right. So, so with, with regard to stucco, then, you know, so, so it's really important that the main thing with stucco is really keeping the moisture from getting behind stucco. That correct? is correct. Yeah. You know, that, that's true of any siding, whether yeah. it be stucco, the adhered stone veneer. We're finding quite a few problems with that uh, because it's basically, some people call it lumpy stucco. Mm-hmm. It's basically the, all the same, except instead of a stucco finish, it's got an uh, adhered stone finish. That's true. I never thought about it that way. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's, what about termite? Real quick, termites. You run into many termites? We have them, not a lot. Uh, so if uh, it tends to be in some of the older parts of town, uh, where there tends to be uh, uh, higher water tables and that kind of thing, uh, some place, parts of town that, where lakes were filled in and they built homes above that, mm-hmm. and so there's moisture there. Uh, I've had, uh, had one house in northwest Denver uh, where I walked into the bathroom. As I walked in, the floor went down with me. No. And I got in there, it was really springy. Well, it turns out the structure had been eaten away by termites. So okay. we do have them, but they're they're rare. Yeah, I've seen it, I think, one time in my 40 years, and that was down by DU, actually. Yep. Yeah, that's... You know, they, yep. they, I saw them. 
And uh, since you do all kinds of inspections, mm -hmm. what about feng shui, Ron? You do feng shui. <laughs> I do not do feng shui. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the asking. Yeah, asking. I can find somebody to help you with that. Oh, we, we, we do refer things out. All right. Well, I'm going to do a quick snuff the pros here. And this is uh, Rhonda and Aurora writes, I am purchasing a new construction home that will be completed around the end of February. Should I have the home professionally inspected? You know, the answer is yes, but not, uh, this is our recommendation, mm -hmm. Ron, and you can tell me your thoughts on this, but what we recommend for our home buyers that are buying new homes mm -hmm. is, you know, don't have it inspected before you close on it, you know, because the builder will usually give you a one-year warranty, and at the end of the year, they're going to go through their punch list again with you of anything mm -hmm. that you find in that home. So mm -hmm. we tell our buyers on these new homes is toward the end of that year, bring in somebody like yourself mm -hmm. and have the house inspected at that time. So this way, you know, they've lived in the house for almost a year. They've, if anything's going to come up, it'll probably come up within that year time. Mm -hmm. And then you can find any issues that may come up and then they can provide that list to the builder before that warranty is up. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, we have a, uh, active, uh, program where we're you know, contacting people who have purchased homes in the past, you know, 10 months ago. Okay. We sent them out a notification saying, now's the time to have your home inspected to see that uh, things are going on. They have an idea what's going on uh, at that point in time. They've, they've lived there. Uh, they know whether the appliances are working or if they've had an issue with that. They know what's going on with the builder. Now, if they're getting ready to close on the house and have had some issues with the house, uh, you know, and the builder's maybe not been as, as amenable to addressing things, uh, then maybe they want to have the inspection then, and then maybe a follow-up one later on. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting, when we first started doing home inspections, the builders thought we were, were the devil or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the good builders now welcome another set of eyes coming in and looking at things. Uh, and you know, they're trying to build a good house. Most builders are trying to get a build a good sure. house. But they're, they're spread thin. They've got uh, trades that maybe don't have quite the skill that you want at times. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you get the principal knows what they're doing, but their their worker bees maybe don't know everything they should be doing doing properly. And so it's just nice to have another set of eyes. The good builders actually welcome us and look at the report. Some of them uh, will just take our report and say, we'll go through the punch list, and some of them will uh, say, no, it's got to be on our form. And, that can, and whatever it is, it's a builder. It's their house. We're there. We have to respect that it's their property just like it's any other house. If mm -hmm. somebody else owns a house, we have to deal with what they're doing, jump through the hoops they have, and uh, uh, then give them a report that generally try not to be alarmist. We point out what the issues are, and, and normally they work through fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. so. Now, you're you're kind of going through a little bit of a change in your uh, career. You're going yeah. into more of a consulting type, or what's, what's your situation? Well, I'm, I sold my business. Oh, and we're coming to the end yeah. of the show. Give your contact information, and then they can talk to you directly. Okay. Uh, it's Huffman Inspections, Colorado. Our office number is 303-840-8722. Again, that's 303-840-8722. And uh, we've been at it for 27 years, and the company's continuing on. But I have uh, transitioned out of doing it personally. All right. Thanks for listening. Colorado Dreamhouse team. Telling it like it is. News Talk 710. KNUS Denver.